thanks for tuning in today. It's Kevin from Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast. I'm here with Bev from Creative Fire Studio. Question about your entrepreneurship and the art. Is this company something that you started or did the art and entrepreneurship just fall into your lap? Okay, Kevin. Well, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for a while. I hadn't realized how important art was into my life until uh, much later on in my years. And while I've always been Creative Fire Studio, the Creative Fire, the Creative Fire has been my business name for since 98, actually. Um, and But what's happened is, is what Creative Fire has been and does has evolved over the years as I have. That's actually really interesting because growing up, I always ran my business under my dad's company and I was AKA an employee of it. Yep. And now that I am old enough on all my own, I've registered a business under a name that can follow me with whatever I do. So it's not so married. And uh, I find it's really helped when it comes to the bank. So you said you've been in business since 98. Yeah, I started um, I started in direct selling with a company. I don't know if you want me to use the name or not, but um, and oh, no, actually, even before that, this is the the beginning of Creative Fire Studio. I was working for the government, federal government, was having some huge issues with my health and needed to leave on stress leave. And from that, it evolved that I took training and I became a dressmaker. And I was looking for a name for my company, and you know, it was. It, Fashion Factory was what I landed up using way back when, and it it just it didn't fit. It wasn't who I was. It wasn't what I wanted to be or anything. And, and I was actually at a hair salon, and and the lady had a book, uh, Women Who Run with the Wolves, and I read this ex- excerpt, and it was in her creative fires. And I'm like, oh my god, those words were illuminated, jumped off the page at me, and they became the name of my my sewing. Uh, business at that point in time and then when I went into direct selling my unit name was creative fire as well too and now you know of course creative fire for my art business has totally been a massive hit so as well okay no I appreciate that um so can you describe your art because that's currently what you're doing and the fact that you said you started making dresses actually kind of folds into your art yeah, totally. What 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 the art form is that I do now is I take old T-shirts and I will recycle them and upcycle them and uh, any natural fibers, actually, and turn them into garden art. I'll start with the wire armature, whether that uh, structure is a person or a fairy or a dragon or a heron. I'll, I'll build the structure and then I'll take, the, you know, a natural fiber and dip it in this medium called paverpole. And that's what allows me to sculpt with it and work with it and create the draping and working with the fabric. And it colors it and it once it hardens up, it's actually safe to be outside in the yard. Um, so it's it's a very... Uh, it's a v- very free-flowing medium that really allows a lot of expression, and it really allows it to be quite intuitive as well, too. So it's been pretty cool because a lot of times I don't even know what my pieces are going to look like until they're done, you know, type of stuff, because they, they take on a mind of their own while I'm working on them. <laughs> no, that's awesome. What's your biggest struggle right now um, that you have, like, on your daily to-do list? Oh my gosh, trying to get it all done. Um, I started with the art business 
about, um, I had been doing this medium as a hobby for a while. And then we were at that stage in my life, my husband and I, if we should sell the house or, or leave or what we should do. And I had run across a lady that was teaching te- people to be teachers in this art form. And I'm like, that's it. That's exactly what I need to do. And so I think we decided in December, January 1st, I started the renovations. And by the end of February, I was a certified instructor and was teaching classes in the renovations were done. When I saw this art form, I was doing it as a hobby and then I landed up taking it off into the teaching direction. And what happened is with doing the teaching and learning and becoming clearer with it um, and, and just really enjoying working with the fabric. Like to me, it's it's about getting the drapes and the folds. And I think that that's what I bring to, to my art form in particular is the care that I took to get that nice swing in the fabric type of stuff. Um, and so it's my love of fabric that has translated into this art form. And even today I was working on some pieces and I got some drapes happening in the fabric and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what has to happen. So the dressmaking has certainly been a very, very good tie-in for this art form. Do you have any family that really supports you? My husband, my children, I don't know if they still take it seriously that mom's an artist. stuff um I, I mean they see that I'm getting busier I'm making bigger things that I'm having some success um you know that people are actually buying my art um so they're seeing that but I don't know if they quite understand yet and as far as extended family let's not go there okay <laughs> understandable um where's the furthest you've ever shipped any of your art Oh, actually, I've I've shipped some to Victoria. A piece has gone to Ontario. Piece has gone down to Virginia. So I've actually been able to have my art, you know, ship, you know, through the through the love of the internet here type of thing because people can see an image online and and they'll reach out to me. And I've actually been able to ship across Canada and North America as well. Have you ever had a chance uh, to sign up with Etsy or any of those online? Shopify style sites? I've done a bit of it. Okay. Um, and, and and actually the piece that went to Ontario was a result of Etsy. Um, my problem is, is because my pieces are so awkward, they're very difficult to ship. They're very difficult to ship. And, uh, you know, and so they don't fit into a normal nine by 10 box. Uh, you know, otherwise I'm restricted when I'm creating. If I'm creating, I don't want to have to worry if I'm packing it up you know, that it's going to fit in a particular box because that might not be the flow of what's happening to my art, you know, type of stuff. Uh, So while I have done some Etsy and I had a bit of success with it, it's not my main focus at all. So as an entrepreneur, do you have a business plan for your business? Oh, I have visions for my business, but as far as sitting down and writing out a business plan, I have to confess I have it. Okay. A lot of this has just been a natural evolution and a process of what's been going on. Um, what happens in my quiet time, it'll be like, okay, what's the next step on this? What do I want to do? And so at the beginning, I was teaching. And that worked out really well, although I found I find the teaching while I really, really enjoy it and I'm very good at it is very exhausting. 
Okay. And the other thing that happened as well, too, is in teaching the art form, you need to work with the art form. And I was getting a whole bunch of pieces in my basement that nobody was seeing. So I had a lot of money tied up in product and in inventory. And so the natural progression was, is that people were starting to buy some of the pieces. So then my next challenge was to solve that issue and figure out, you know, where can I put some pieces out? And again, because of this internet, and I, I used to do multi-level I, do, I still do multi-level marketing as an added income stream for myself um, but I've learned to ask for referrals and ask for help and so what I had done is okay I'd like to find a gallery where I can put my work out and that's when I found Lois at Gossamer Treasures and that has been an absolute godsend and the cool thing that's happened with working there is I'm now collect I'm, I'm now connected with other like-minded artists and And because we all have a common, you know, we're all artists and we're all working in our mediums, but we keep stretching each other. So it's been really cool to watch the evolution of my work and their work as as we collaborate together, just doing our own projects and stuff. Um, And so from that, of course, then what's happened is, is I'm feeling bolder in my work. And I've, you know, figured out that uh, farmers markets are not a good venue for artwork, but art walks are better. And from that, it's all kind of evolved, you know, to being a Knights of Artist artist and having pieces that are now going to be shown, you know, at, at, at some other galleries as well, too. So it's been an evolution of the process. Um, my ultimate goal is that I'll, the art galleries will phone me on Monday, say, Bev, we sold three of your pieces and I need two more this week. And I just go downstairs and and land up being creative. So that's kind of my business plan, such that it is. (laughs) No, that's understandable. Um, How many pieces would you say that you sell a month? In a month, um, probably about two or three. Um, And certainly there are some months that are better than others. Of course, we're walking right into prime season right now uh, with the art walks being very very popular and um, and plus I've got a lot happening this summer that I haven't had lined up in other summers where I'm going to have some big pieces that are on display for six months of a you know for for six weeks at a time in you know that are promoting art walks so I'm really excited about that you know what's interesting because you keep saying art walk and you know I mean it isn't a beautiful place to go and actually participate but it's an avenue people don't always think about so it was a very creative way to think outside the box yeah yeah and and there's there's a definite difference between farmers markets and art walks as well too and even the various art walks i find are very very different there are some that um have more crafters in them and and we had a discussion the other day about the difference between a craft and an art and it was it was an interesting discussion but what what my consensus is is if it's if it's not something that you can very easily duplicate you know type of stuff so i mean you could knit a shawl and while making knitting a shawl is a beautiful craft it's not necessarily an art form okay where with my pieces depending on what i've got available the turn that it takes I, you know, even if I make a hair in 10 times, not one of them will ever be the same just because of the materials that I'm using at that point in time and just how the fabric is reacting that day. So to me, that's the difference between an art and a craft. And a lot of artisans try to go to craft shows versus art walks. And it is, there's a definite, definite difference. Okay. 
Are you planning to tackle any other markets in the way of right now, this is a medium that you're making. Are you planning on making any other mediums in the future? Oh, um, I've been, there's some that have kind of caught my interest type of stuff. My problem right now is that I'm just so busy creating the pieces that I need to, to fulfill the venues that I've got booked for this year. My goal is that, you know, I'm very successful at these venues this summer. And then what I can do is during the wintertime is create the pieces ahead of time. And I'm not quite so slammed <laughs> with deadlines, you know, type of thing, trying to get everything done at the, at, you know, at the point in time that I am right now. It's an interesting business thought is how to batch some of your work together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's, it's been an interesting evolution of the process. Just, you know, it's, it seemed that once I got involved with the Knights of Artists, all of a sudden, a lot of other venues are taking me more serious because I'm part of that collective. So it's interesting to, you know, it's, it's some of it is who you associate yourself with as well, too. That is very true. Have you ever played around with your pricing? Um, pricing's an interesting thing for an artist, okay, <laughs> type of stuff. Because it's, you know, a lot of times the people have a hard time valuing their pieces at, at what they should be actually worth. And my general rule of thumb is how much time and effort that I've put into it and how duplicatable it is, okay? Um, if it's just a basic piece... And a lot of times, because I teach classes as well, too, I will take the class price plus, you know, type of stuff. So as, as an example, my beginner piece uh, is it takes 90, it's cost $99 and a whole day of, of your time to for me to teach you how to do a beginner piece. So I'm thinking that if I sell, I basically beginner piece for $150 you're getting my expertise you're only paying a little bit more and you're not using up a whole day of your time so that's one of my general rules of thumb that I use for my pricing and then the second one is how duplicatable it is as well too um, as an example I had made a dragon not too long ago that was really quite spectacular and even though I've tried to do another dragon it's there's just there's no way it's the same so that becomes a one-of-a-kind art piece that is valued higher as well i appreciate you going into the description of it and it is kind of a hard question to ask but uh that's mm -hmm. why i wanted to ask it mm -hmm. yeah just going back on the pricing thing too so much of it depends on your attitude if you're kind of you know with your shoulders slumped and like it's like I'd like $400 for that piece versus like, no, this took me a long time to do. It's one of a kind. It's, it will bring you pleasure. It'll bring you joy. And you throw your shoulders back and ask for $400. It's a total different temperament. Um, and I think that that's a skill that, I, you know, in my multi-level and direct selling businesses that I've done for many years, I think it was one, one of the things that has been a really good carryover for me. Anything else that you learned from, uh, the direct selling or any other businesses or, or jobs that you did oh, that help you? Totally. Absolutely. I think the whole marketing aspect of it as well, too. Here's the other thing. As artisans, many of us are, are quite, you know, 
are not good being out in public. We're not good at telling people how good we are <laughs> or marketing ourselves type of thing, right? And so that's the one thing I know that the whole uh, direct selling, multi-level marketing has taught me how to be a better marketer, how to network effectively, how to manage my time effectively, even just how to be patient. Because lots of times in those industries, you're working and you're working and you're building a relationship and you're not necessarily seeing the results for your work right on that day. And that's very typical in the artist industry as well, too. I mean, if I tried to do these venues that I'm doing right now, three years ago when I was starting, I wouldn't have been ready. But now I feel like I'm ready, you know, so um, that industry has certainly taught me patience as well, too. Has there been anybody or, like you said, that group that really supported you that you didn't plan on? Oh, there's been so many. I, It's just, and this is the other cool thing that's happened as a result of the direct selling and the multi-level marketing, is you're, if in order for people to be successful in that industry, they need to have, you know, a huge, a, a really great work ethic, a good sense of self-worth, um, you know, and just be really remarkable driven people. So I've accumulated a whole network of friends right across North America. And, you know, so it's been them supporting and cheering me on, not only in my business efforts, but in my artistic efforts as well, too. So it's been pretty interesting because lots of what has happened is my multi-level marketing business supplies me with art and my art supplies me with my multi-level marketing people as well, too. So it's, it's been a very interesting tie-in. That's neat how they're able to feed off of one another. Yep, Totally. Absolutely. It, it it makes me smile when I see it happen, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, I have to say, I've met you in person. You have a great personality and love for what you do. Um, I did luck out and see you, let's call it, in your home. Um, you know what I mean? You were surrounded by other artists. Your art was in every room uh, of the art gallery. If you could just say the name of the art gallery that it's displayed in, I'm sorry, I don't know it. Gossamer Treasures out in Wobman. It is such a little treasure out there, I think. And that's the, you know, and again, you know, talk about being an artist. Part of it is, is saying my work is at a gallery. Okay. And, and saying that with having your shoulders thrown back and saying, my work is in a gallery. It's so cool. And Lois has an amazing little gallery there. And she's got a really great eye uh, for things that are us- unusual and different and putting them together in groupings that every time you walk in, it might be the same pieces that were in the store last week, but because she's moved them around and got them grouped with different items, it looks like a brand new display. And, and she's very, very good at capturing that for us artisans and most appreciated as well it's very true i've been in there a dozen times and it's different every time you go uh Mm -hmm. different art on the wall uh different pieces from the same artist and Mm -hmm. you had no idea yeah yeah and like i say and those pieces could have very easily been there for six months and you've seen them three or four times but because she's grouped them differently you're totally seeing them in a new light it's so incredible how she does that that's a good point um How do you feel about competition? Oh, it's good. (laughs) It's good because the thing is, is it pushes me to be better. Okay. Um, I'll use it as a guideline as to where I'm at as well, too. 
and, and I will often look at other uh, powerful artisans as well too, and I'll, I'll look and see what they're doing. It's, and, and it's not that I'm copying them, but I might be inspired by a little technique that they've done to take that and bring that into my work as well too. And so, I mean, it's it's virtually impossible to to copy what another person has done because their style is different and that, but no, competition is not a bad thing. And especially in my medium, because it is such a foreign medium, when I, that's my biggest challenge that I have when I do the art walks, because most people come to an art walk, typically looking for something to put in, you know, in a bedroom, hang on a wall in typical colors, whatever. They don't come to an art walk looking for something for their gardens. So when I pop up and say, I can, dec- I can make, I have some decor for your gardens, they're like dumbfounded. It's really quite, it's interesting to watch the expressions on their faces, okay? And that, and so the more of us that are out there, the more familiar it's going to become. So it's going to be good for all of us to have, have more uh, pole artisans out there creating garden art. Has, have you ever seen anyone do um, a display at their residence or out and about uh, with your art that you really never thought of being the place that your art would be displayed? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've, I've taught students as well to, you know, to create, to work with powder pool, and then they'll take it off into another direction. And I'm like, holy mackerel, that was amazing. You know, so they inspire me as well, too. Absolutely. Yep. As part of your entrepreneurship, how often do you um, review your financial plan? That's my downfall. Okay, I basically it's at you know I guess at the end of the month when when the bank when the bills are due type of thing. So I mean I'm one of the things and and that's the other thing is with my art business I do have an income coming in from my multi level marketing business so it does allow me some freedom that way. Okay, and and that so you know my check and balance is my bank account at the end of the month type of thing. So and it's not much of a business plan but. It's how I, it's how I've been functioning, and I sh- it's it's probably my weakness if I have a weakness at all, is is that is just getting you know more more focused on that area. How can I help you reach the moon? Oh, how can you help me reach the moon? Letting other people know about my art. Okay, you know I think the more people that um, know that they can take uh, old natural fibers and and decorate in their gardens with it so that when they come across me at the next art walk or they see my display at the new art or at the cameras art walk or go to Glossmer gallery then they'll they'll know that it's someone that's very invested and involved in in doing what they're doing and and they'll want a piece of a piece of my art so that would be amazing is there anything with your business that you would like to tackle that you either just want somebody helping you over your shoulder or somebody you can talk to? Um, I'm really lucky about the talking to part. I feel like I'm pretty organized on that. If I could wiggle my nose and have, it would be to take care of um, some of the you know, the inputting on the internet, the social media aspect of it, getting my website up to date, doing the bookkeeping and the accounting, that part of it, um, that would allow me just more free time to be in my studio without feeling guilty. Completely understandable. I uh, am slowly subbing out more and more stuff uh, to subcontractors yeah. uh, that I can reach out to 
uh, and just delegate my time in the way of working. Yeah, yeah. They always say there's a difference between working on the business and working in the business. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, too, that's, you know, that's something that we certainly have learned to in, in the multi-level marketing businesses, you know, is to value your time like that. And and like I say, unfortunately for me is when I'm not in my studio and not creating some art, you know, for the next display, then then I don't have anything to show. But on the other end of it, if I'm not out there networking and talking to people and letting them know about what I do or where I'm going to be next or where they can see my work, you know, so it's it's a really double-edged sword that way. Do you keep track of any of your previous customers or contacts that you've had? I do try to as much as I can. I find that the social media, uh, Facebook in particular, has been my main go-to on that. I, I, I don't even email as much as I used to, although I'm trying to get better at that, um, just as having an effective um, you know, I'm trying to actually have a monthly newsletter that's going out <laughs> type of thing. Um, but Facebook has been Facebook has been my easiest, most um, effective way for me to be in touch with, uh, you know, old business people, old customers, future customers and all of that. Really cool. Really cool. Um, is there anything else that you really want to touch on or say? Um, you know what, the other thing that I, uh, and I'm, I'm just heading off to do that again this month, and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, is the whole teaching online internationally as well, too. It's an area that we hadn't even talked about, something that unfolded just through the social media aspect of it as well, too. But um, there's a company out in Salt Lake City that does online classes and she asked me to teach a class online which I went down and did in January and I'm now heading off to do it again but it's it's become a way as an artist that I can be uh, you know that I can have some residual income as an artist because she's landed up recording me teaching a class and um, while and what she does is she while we're recording the session, we'll do it on live Facebook, we'll use social media and I interact with my students while they're watching me uh, create my piece and answer the questions. And you can watch that all for free while we're initially doing it. But then once day one and so she, what she does is three three hour classes. Right. So Monday, we're going to go from nine until noon. And then Monday evening, you can watch the replay of that all for free. But on Tuesday, when I'm going to the second day, you can no longer watch day one. So her whole social media strategy is to give great value. By the time you've come back for day three, you're convinced that you can absolutely make this project. But, but you know, you've forgotten what day one and day two were. And so, of course, then you buy the class. And so she's got a shared income uh, stream on that. And that's turned out to be another part of my business plan that I hadn't anticipated at all. But I'm, I'm getting a, I'm getting a catalog of classes that if someone, you know, in Timbuktu says, oh, my gosh, Beth, I'd love to t come and take a class with you. But, I, you know, I'm too far away. I can send them a link and they can purchase that class and, and do it online as well, too. So it's another avenue. I think if people need to be open and, and really um, accept that the world has changed, okay, and that there's many other ways of marketing and, and doing what we do. And I know a lot of people are, are very hesitant with the whole social media thing, but I found it extremely valuable. Bison Moon Group, Reach the Moon Podcast, signing out. Thank you guys for tuning in.